Hi there, it's Ed here with a short message before we start the pod this week. Did you know that our most informed investors get insights, articles and investment ideas from Tom, me and the team sent directly to them via email and it is completely free. You can join them. Just subscribe at fidelity.co.uk slash newsletters. Hello and welcome to the Personal Investor Podcast. I'm Ed Monk. Today on the show, what financial wisdom would you pass on to the next generation? What lessons as a seasoned investor do you wish you'd known when you were starting out? That is our focus today. If you enjoy the show, please rate us, share us or leave a comment wherever you get your podcasts. How valuable would it be to go back and relive life's key moments with the benefit of hindsight? What mistakes would we avoid and what opportunities would we take advantage of? Sadly, none of us get to do that. The next best thing, perhaps, is to learn lessons from those older and wiser than us. But what would those lessons be? What do you know now that you wish you had known when you were younger? To answer that, uh, from a financial point of view at least, I'm joined by Tom Stevenson, Investment Director here at Fidelity. Tom, now, before we get going this week, I just wanted to thank listeners for sticking with us for the last couple of weeks because we've had a, a couple of weeks off. Some of that foreseen, some of it unforeseen. Um, but we are we are back and we thank listeners for, for sticking with us. Um, that said, let's get on with today's show, shall we, and talk about the financial knowledge that we would pass on. You've had a personal reason, Tom, to be thinking about this question. I have indeed, yes. Um, a couple of weeks ago, um, lovely day, my daughter got married. So uh, Congratulations. She, thank you, you very all. much, Ed. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, very, uh, very lovely day and um, delighted uh, that she's married and delighted who she's married. So um, good result all round. Great. But she's 29 years old. And um, so so that obviously there's the wedding and, you know, father of the bride speech traditionally, you know, pass on a few pearls of wisdom. So I didn't pass on any sort of financial pearls of wisdom. No, no stock tips. No. Funnily enough, it didn't. It, <laughs> it advice, felt like no. it felt like there were more important <laughs> things to say on the day than uh, than uh, financial advice. So, um, so I kept that back and 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 uh, used it as the basis for a for a column. And also, not least because my daughter's twenty nine, so she's just coming up to her thirtieth birthday. So that felt like another trigger for financial advice. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's that's how we've arrived at this conversation. And what you wrote in a column was essentially a letter to your daughter and outlining some of the, I don't know, pearls of wisdom, as you put it, lessons, however you want to describe them, things to bear in mind for her, but any young person, I suppose. And I thought that we'd go through uh, each of those lessons this week on the pod, Tom. So um, let's start uh, where you started in your letter, which was about, uh, it was about buying a home, actually, wasn't it? Um, What did you have to say? Yes. So, um, so my daughter actually um, bought her first flat uh, with her now husband um, two or three years ago. And uh, I guess um, what I was talking about there was 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 partly about about the wisdom of 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 buying a flat um uh, but also it was to talk about how she went about funding the purchase of that flat because that you know that's that's quite an interesting story uh in itself because um one of the things i've been quite keen to do is uh, with with all of my with all of my kids actually is to is to encourage them to 
to think about money and to um, have a sense of sort of personal responsibility for, yes. the, for their money. So the way I, I did that was to, to, to basically make them all an offer. Um, uh, and it was related to um, the lifetime ISA. So the terms of the lifetime ISA are that um, uh, you can save up to £4,000 a year Mm-hmm. And um, if you do that, then the government basically chips in another thousand a year. Um, and so it's, they, they will chip in 25% of, of whatever you save. So, so my offer to my kids was, look, you know, you save as much as you want, up to £2,000 a year. And whatever you save, I will match. And then... So between course, you, you get the... Be, between us, if they do the max, we'll get to the £4,000, £167 a month. Um, the government will chip in their 1,000 and suddenly you've got 5,000 pounds every year. And I said, look, we'll do that for five years. And so the thinking was that at the end of five years, you know, for an outlay on their part of 167 pounds a month. So, you know, a reasonable sum of money, but doable. Yes. um, If you've got a job, um, uh, they would end up with 25,000 pounds at the end of a five year period, plus investment growth, hopefully. Um, yes. And that that would be well on the way to a down payment on on the first flat, and that is exactly what happened. So and, yeah, what what I like about all of that, Tom, is that it's sort of um, well, it's it's encouraging lots of things. It's a saving habit, so you know, just the fact that they're putting something away is great. It, it, it's saving for a purpose, which I mm. think is an important lesson, actually. Um, and 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 it would just makes saving seem real and the and the and the rewards of saving seem real mm. um but it's also encouraging your kids to to seek out the help that is out there for them you know mm. and to take advantage take maximum advantage of it it's mm. doing quite a few things at the same time yes i mean all all of that's true and 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 you know there are some there are some you know there are some attractive um perks ruses whatever you want to call them that are available i mean yeah. you know all the sort of tax-free uh, saving whether it's ices or or, or sips um um uh, or indeed the, the the lifetime isa you know there is there is essentially free money available mm. if you're prepared to do what you need to do to, to to get hold of it so yeah that was one of the lessons that i wanted them to understand uh, and that principle of, of taking advantage of, of the help that's on offer that's also true of something else that you wrote about in your letter which was um which is around pension saving probably not the first thing that's going to be on the mind of people in their 20s but it's important it's very important and you know one of one of the advantages of 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 having a job is that well depending on your employer um you know you you are likely to receive a contribution fr- from your employer so the way i described it uh in my letter to my daughter was that that her uh, uh um, agreement with her employer is actually a bit similar to her, ing- her agreement with me on the LISA because many, many companies will say, um, you know, we will we will make a contribution, we'll make a matching contribution. So, you know, up to a certain up level. to a certain level, you know, whatever you put in, the company will match. And yeah. and that really is free money, because if you choose not to save um, on your part, then the company will not match it. Yeah. Um, so you know, but but if you do, they will. And it, and you know, so so it, it is. If you can afford to do it, um, a it's a fantastic discipline to just 
be saving month by month by month uh, into a pension. There are tax advantages to do it, but also there's free money available. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Okay, well, so um, let's turn then to to things that are more obviously related to to investing, which I suppose pension saving is. Um, But you did have some specific advice around what needs to be in place before you actively risk your money via investments. It's important to invest over the years, but it's also important not to jump the gun with it and have a few things in place, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, this is this is a really key investment principle. Actually, is that you don't you, you don't take stock market risks until you have secured your financial position to to the extent that you can. And and the way that we always talk about doing this is to have a cushion, to have a financial cushion. Um, and and how big that cushion is, is up to you. But, you know, typically people talk about six months or a year's or even a bit more than that of um, uh, of your expenses to be covered by cash in the bank mm-hmm. um, and the, the and the, the advantages of that are well one of the key advantages of, of that is that it prevents you being a forced seller of your um, riskier yeah. investments your stock market investments which as we know go up and down with the market and were you to need some money um, at, at some point uh, if the market were low uh, if the market had fallen and you were a forced seller for whatever reason then that could be significantly painful for you so so having that cushion i think is absolutely essential so uh, uh, so that that was one thing the second thing that i said was um as part of that preparation is to just ensure that uh, you're not saddled with any debts um yeah. now there is one specific debt um which we talked about uh or i talked about in my in my letter which was a student loan so so all of my kids actually did take out student loans um and there's a debate, you know, which we've probably had on this podcast mm. about whether whether taking out a student loan is is a sensible thing to do or not. But anyway, they did, um, and and my advice to her was was not to think of it as a loan actually, because um, the 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 interest rate which is applied to student loans is uh, RPI, the, the the retail prices index, plus I think it's three percent, but whatever it yeah. is, RPI is currently running at, you know eight percent or something so basically the way that a student loan is structured it's not designed to for, be paid off to be paid off it's not designed for yeah. most people on normal salaries no to ever pay off their student loan so actually it's wrong to think of it as a loan it will be wiped out in 30 years time uh, it's, it's, a it's a graduate tax it's a tax, and, and that's yeah. the that's the way to look at it but but okay so we so we put that to one side the student loan is one type of loan which we don't think of as a loan but i said look if you've got any other debts just pay them off yeah um before you start thinking about investment yeah and 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 you know that point um well was you know what you said there about the the cash funds it, it it's important because it just makes you able to be more relaxed about money that's being invested because mm. If you if you need if, if the money that you invest is the the same money that you might need to mend the boiler or replace your car mm. or whatever it is, um, you're very keenly aware of the losses being made because suddenly you might not be able to do those things mm. if you if it loses money in investments. Just having that pot of money means that you can take care of that. You don't have to worry, mm. and that and that's why you know the risk investment risk. I think it your attitude to it and your appetite for it. It goes up and down with your level of 
knowledge and preparedness, mm. basically. You might not like the idea of your money losing value on investments, but if actually your circumstances mean that it's not necessarily going to affect you, it's, it's easier to be relaxed about it, isn't it? I mean, and it's and it's so important for someone who is at the age that my daughter is at, because you know one of the things I talked about in in the letter was that she has a she has advantages which you know I no longer have. Um, you know, yeah. I'm sixty; she's thirty, will be thirty. Um, she time is on her side, and and that is really important when it comes to her appetite for risk because she can afford to ride out the ups and downs of the market in a way that is more difficult um, at my age Um, and she should take full advantage of that because the ups and downs of the market are you know they can work against you or they can work for you I mean Mm. you know we've we've talked about this in 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 the past that actually falls in the market when you are accumulating when you're saving yeah fantastic it's really good that the market falls because that gives you the opportunity to buy in at an attractive price Mm -hmm. but you can only do that if as you say you've you've put the foundations in place so that you are relaxed about the ups and downs of the market yeah indeed and 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 you go on in your letter tom to talk about the the well we've covered some of this territory but some of the various risks that come along with investments and how best to handle those um, why don't you talk about some of those? I mean, it, ov- the obvious one is investment risk, and we've covered that. But yeah, well, I, I suppose another um, another risk, which um, which I think I mentioned, was about diversification or the lack of diversification. Mm. So you know, I mean, it's just a simple one. Don't don't put all your eggs in in one basket. Um, and uh, you know, ob- diversifying your portfolio is a relatively simple thing to do. Um, just by investing in funds, you get a, you get some automatic diversification mm. because a fund will be invested in fifty or hundred um, uh, individual stocks. I, when when we talk about diversification, I often think it's not the. I mean, as you say, probably when people start investing, probably they are very diversified actually because they'll be, if all things have gone correctly, they'll be pushed down a route that makes them diversified. I guess the problem is when if you if you carry on investing, it's possible to veer away from that and become less diversified for all sorts of reasons, decisions that you've made. You just let things sort of drift, I suppose. It's actually correcting it to keep diversified. That's the practical application of that, I suppose. Yes. And I, and I think that, well, that that process of of assessing your portfolio and deciding whether you need to make tweaks uh, is an important consideration. Um, and something that I, you know, I would I, I would not encourage someone to do too frequently, um, yeah. but you do need to do it regularly. And it might be that you do it once a year, mm. for example. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't think I actually mentioned this, but I, but it is still a, a, an important an important principle to to you know look at your portfolio maybe once a year, um, uh, but don't uh, over over focus on it in between. Yeah. And of course, something else that um, really affects you over long periods, if you're young and you have a long period of investment ahead of you, uh, is inflation. And what lessons did you have around how to think about inflation? Yeah, I mean, the thing about inflation is um, uh, it's very easy to underestimate the impact of, of, of inflation. Um, and we, we did some analysis of this, which showed um you know how even a relatively apparently modest rate of inflation can really eat into the the the, the real purchasing power of your money over yeah. a, over a long time and of course you know when i'm talking to a 29 year old 
there is a long time uh, ahead and um and and so I talked about this thing called the rule of seventy two, which is you know which is quite just a, a, an interesting rule of thumb. Basically, if you if you divide um, an interest rate into seventy two, um, uh, well, let's say an inflation rate, you divide the inflation rate into seventy two, it will tell you how many years it will take for the the real purchasing power of your money to halve. Yeah. So simple calculation: six percent inflation rate, six into seventy two is twelve your money will halve in purchasing power terms in just 12 years. So, you know, I mean, so for, for my daughter, who is looking at another 30, 35 years of, you know, working age, and then her retirement on top of that, yeah. you know, even 6% doesn't sound like a, you know, an appalling rate of inflation. But if yeah. your money is halving every 12 years, that yeah. doesn't leave a lot left by the time, you know, she's... Old, my age or older yeah um so you know it, i think you know it's really important to factor that into your calculations don't yeah. think oh i need i need a you know i need five hundred thousand pounds in my pension pot you probably need a great deal more than that yeah to to, to have that same purchasing power and, and that's i guess again the, the practical application of, of, of something like that it's not you, you can't just say oh well you know make sure you invest um in a way that gets you a return that beats inflation it life isn't that simple where it becomes important is to in your planning in your setting of targets and expectations around what you'll need and what you'll get and not not just investment returns but wages for house prices mm. everything so look at that in in terms of um real real inflation adjusted terms yeah not just cash terms and it's a question that people actually haven't had to really think about very much for about 10 years or 15 years no we've got out of the habit of doing it yeah absolutely and and the way we illustrated it when we did we did some some work on investing principles recently and um we just did it with a with a shopping basket and and we said you know uh, a, a 60 pound shopping basket at various different inflation rates what's it going to be in 10 yeah. 20 years time and it's quite sobering actually when yeah. you realize that you know at a certain relatively modest inflation rate your 60 pound shopping basket in 20 years time is going to cost you four times as much yeah you know. indeed um well it, that's all very sensible tom um i also ahead of this conversation was thinking about um the lessons that i would impart to, to someone younger um financial lessons i mean i don't have kids but we do get asked funny enough this question from time to time don't we the sort of you know what um, what's the one thing you think it's important for people to bear in mind when it comes to money and it's a difficult one to answer because everyone's circumstances can be so different mm. up and down the income scale that's gonna it's gonna change isn't it you know whether where you live even is going to change that equation of of you know investing in property or buying property or pensions or what have you um but but i was thinking about uh something to capture all of these sort of good behaviors, I suppose. And, and I was thinking, you know, if someone's, if someone's young, if they're in their 20s, they're going to have decades ahead of them in terms of earnings and hopefully savings as well. They might have 40 years of work ahead of them. And that can seem, when you're that age, like a very, very, very long time. But if you break it down, I might even done, have said this on the podcast before, but if you break that down in terms of how many uh, how many times you're going to get paid in your life? You know, mm. a monthly mm. paycheck. How many monthly paychecks are you going to get over forty years? That's four hundred and eighty paychecks, and that's it. Yeah. And out of four hundred and eighty <laughs> paychecks, you've got to do an awful lot of stuff. Yeah. You've got to pay for yourself. You've got to 
give yourself all the essentials, maybe education for your kids, medical bills, hopefully some nice things, holidays, cars, all the rest of it. All these things and your life after work you've got to pay for. All out of these finite number of monthly paychecks. And Mm. so um, what I would say, the lesson, I guess, is make the most of every single one. Mm. And what I mean by that is, is try to... Um, every single time you get paid, try to ensure that you are actually better off afterwards than you were before. And that means it could mean paying down debt. It could mean that you're, you, you're in less debt this month than you were last month. Or once that's cleared, once you have your savings, it just means you're saving a bit more or you're investing a bit more and get into that habit early. Mm-hmm. You know, no one regrets those starting early with this stuff you know it's always the regret is always that they should have started earlier so so um i think that's a great way of looking at it actually i, th- I think you know time is time is so essential here and, yeah. and and but that's a fantastic way of looking at it because every single paycheck that goes by without you doing something about yeah, it yeah it's gone. You're and, never going to get it back. And when you're several decades into a career and you, and you understand that you don't have 480 ahead of you, you have yeah. somewhat fewer than that, yeah. um, you then begin to understand the urgency. So make every single one count, I mm. think, would be my lesson. Um, okay, well, Tom, uh, that is all the time we have for now. Thanks for coming in and sharing all of that. Thank you. Thanks, Ed. Please note that the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may get back less than you invest. Investors should note that the views expressed may no longer be current and may have already been acted upon. This information is not a personal recommendation for any particular investment. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to one of Fidelity's advisors or an authorised financial advisor of your choice. Overseas investments will be affected by movements in currency exchange rates and investments in emerging markets can be more volatile volatile than other more developed markets. Reference to the specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Tax treatment depends on individual circumstances and all tax rules may change in the future. Withdrawals from a pension product may not be possible until you reach age 55, 57 from 2028. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipient. This podcast is meant only for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or a solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation.